Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly podcast. My name's Steve Hall, bringing you the best clips from our Red Men Plus shows from the previous week. Say it all the time on this show, but yeah, if you want these shows in full, plus much, 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 much more content, including our documentaries, Roberto Firmino, documentary series, Bobby Firmino, the best in the world, episodes all streaming right now on Red Men Plus. Simply head on over to redmenplus.com and sign up, and you'll get all these shows in full both in video and podcast forms and like i say you'll be able to watch episodes two and three of the bobby firmino documentary episode one's available for free on youtube right now as well if you want to go and check that out before you make your minds up then go and do that that was not a problem at all right then let's get started with this week's clips first up was the biased transfer podcast paul machin hosting chris pajak chloe bloxham and Dan Club, and they had a big old chat about Pep Guardiola and Manchester City and just how they go about churning their squads each and every summer. Pep knowing exactly when to sign and when to let players go. So, yeah, have a little listen to that. Gundogan looks like going to Barca on a free. For that. Thank Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a like low key, it's a huge loss for Man City. That it's mm-hmm. yeah. underrated. Captain as well. Yeah, yeah but he's just. So good. Loads Incredible. of really important goals. Like Erling Haaland, again, no one talks about it. Rubbish at the end of the season. Mm. Absolutely rubbish. Gundogan's goals is what got them to the the, the tro- effectively to the silverware that, that, that they got yeah. them to. Um now, but if you're gonna sort that out, bring in Mateo Kovacic in for straight away without even batting an eyelid, I think is like might be some of the smartest business that he's that really good and really yeah. underrated. Kovacic. Like uh, every time I watch him play, I think scores oh, random big goals. Yeah, he as well. does. His, he's not. He's not. I don't think he's as good as Gundogan. No, but no, I don't never. think many many players are. And Pep will improve Kovacic. I mean, Kovacic has managed to be good in spite of the coaching that he's had over the last three or four years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is just saying something else. Chelsea, they've been a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to go in there and he's going to be really good, Kovacic, and it's really annoying to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah, um, Ilkay Gundogan last three seasons, 17 goals in 2021, 10 goals in 21, 22, 11 goals in all comps. And not one before season. March. <laughs> yeah. Not one before, the, before the quarterfinal time of the Champions League and beyond. Like, absolutely ridiculous. What a footballer, then. He's extremely underrated. Yeah, what, yeah. So just quickly, yeah, to add on that, Dan, Matteo Kovacic, yeah, it's just a... If you're going to go out and get one, someone again, it's just about in his prime mm. still. But as far as plug and play things go, yeah, relatively seamless. Yeah. Um, 
a player who I really like watching, to be honest with you. Unfortunately for us, he's turned up mostly against Liverpool, mm, much like yeah. Golo Kante, actually. He seems to save his best performances for when he comes up against us. So, yeah, I think very smart for Man City. Like, credit where credit's due. Don't like giving them any credit, really. Um, haven't even credited them for the treble yet. Um, but, yeah, very smart business. Again, I think you've both, we've all alluded to it. He's not quite... Gundogan 2.0 in terms of we've never seen him score the amount yeah. of important goals. Scores a couple of goals a season. Yes, exactly. But in a much better team who will be competing at the business end of trophies and, and stuff like that, maybe he will become that because I think he has everything it takes to do that. I mean, again, we've seen that goal he scored against us, didn't we, in the 2-2 when he brought yeah. it back to what a goal that was. Do you know right. what I mean? He's got that sort of thing in his locker. Um, but yeah, I think the Gundogan loss Still feels like a significant one because he's played a huge role for them. I mean, he's hurt us enough times as well down the years with his final day goals and stuff. So I am still happy that he's gone um, and slightly pessimistic about the fact he seems to have just replaced him instantly. If they could uh, get rid of Bernardo Silva, that would be brilliant as mm. well. Add him on, him and Gundogan leaving would be massive um, for us. However, they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll go and pluck, like you mentioned, Kovacic, Declan Rice, and some unbelievable. Uh, left footer from somewhere. Like it's gone by another do. South American lad who's yeah. the best thing you've ever seen and no one talks about him. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, it's just uh, frustratingly annoying. I was really hoping to have be like, oh yeah, Gundogan's gone. That's good. That's yeah. good. Oh, Sean, Sean, all right, fair enough. Mm. Yeah, go ahead, it's fine. And just Gavardio, play for the next season. Be fine. What? They've agreed terms with Gavardio. Which That's is just the one. Absolutely sensate because they need another. I just, I just get the feeling with Man City, they got those charges hanging over the heads. So, by and now, you know, but more like let's do everything we it's can. A, it's either all going to come apart or nothing's going to happen. Yeah. If it all comes apart, what's the point in taking the foot off the gas now? And if they're going to get away with it, then who gives a fuck? You just carry, you carry on doing what you're doing. And moreover, if they get away with it, they can get away with anything. Because if they can, if they can manage to swear of 115 charges on the back of what they managed to get away with from from UEFA, UEFA yeah. um, because of the time barred stuff, then why not? Why not just continue to fill your squads with do that that thing of everyone always talks about it. You two world class players for every position. City are going to be the first club to actually be able to do that because why wouldn't you? Mm. If there's no one to tell you no, why wouldn't you just go and buy? Buy a load the of ma- established the, the mad thing is, players. I agree with you, right? But the mad thing is, he doesn't play that many players, Guardiola. No. no. It's like, yeah, I think it's about 16 lads he really relies on it, but I'm sure it's less than Klopp. Mm. Like, he really just goes to town on those top lads. Yep. And and then, but then he, I think what he re- what he does well is he realises when he's overplayed them, just gets rid mm-hmm. and just moves to the next one because he's, just, he, he's yeah. just using them for a short period he's of time, get the absolute fucking best of them. And gone. See you later. In it, mad dad, you've just got Phil Foden, who's one of the greatest young talents that I've ever seen. Just not even not even playing for them. Just chilling on the bench, hardly doing anything. He comes on in the in the final. So he's so they're so relaxed. They can have they can afford for him to have like organs just yeah. removed in the middle of a season and let him crack on with stuff mm. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. doesn't play. He, he, Kevin De Bruyne needs to come. It's okay because we've got Phil Foden to come back on. Not the same level of player, but my God, Phil Foden yeah. is incredible and you wouldn't mind him as a player on your football yeah. pitch. It's ridiculous. Cancelo was boss for he them was. and then gone. When they got rid and of you're him, like, what? The thing with that was he was at his peak for Man City when he left yeah. he was like what's going on there it was so odd but he just obviously knew something was coming down yeah. the line I wonder if there's an attitude thing there as well perhaps oh, no, but, well, that's a yeah. yeah but yeah you're right it is, 
his churn and his ruthless nature with football is second to none. You like, think about L- like I know Laporte. Is Laporte still there? Yeah. Yeah. So like Laporte was the centre back then. Ruben Diaz yeah. was the centre back before that. It was John, John Stones. Then John Stones okay. is the centre back again. Mm. And it it's like, how does he do? Well. I've got no idea how well, he does it. Like. Well, how he does it is that like, that's the point. He can afford to fuck people off, yeah. and he can afford to continue to spin on fifty million pound footballers yeah. until he gets the right one. And if they don't, they'll just go out and buy the established one for a hundred million instead, and and, and live mm. with that. And that's where they get away with it. It's mad. And there are a couple of things that when you're at the peak of your powers. You seem to be able to make mad tactical or uh, selection things and get away with it. Fergie had this for years. That my running joke was that everyone else was everyone was playing football manager twenty twelve and he was playing Chapman at Chapman two, where you you, you set your football formation, match. you set attacking, and you press go, and that's all the tactical input implementation you need in your side. Everyone else is using incremental fifty bar sliders. Um, and he he's done that with that left back thing for years, like getting away with Fabian Delph at left back mm. and. And and just yeah, Nathan Nathan Achenko was the left back, wasn't yeah. he? Like and you know, who was the was it Mendy? Mendy was the yeah. Australia. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and it, just but the the thing that I find interesting is that like I get the money side of things, but it's how he, as a coach doesn't seem to have a drop off from the players when they do change. That's yeah. the thing that gets me. It's like that's where I don't understand it because yeah, you can spend money on players and they don't work, and you you know you're afforded that ability through the amount of money they spend. But he very rarely gets it wrong when the player comes in. Mm. They are just good enough, at least for what he needs in the short term, and then he'll fuck mm. them off again. It's madness. Unless they play yeah. fullback. He's had some yeah. misses. Angelino was a bad miss at left back. He was. But then he goes on as a box career, and then they bring him back, don't they? Yeah, he'd be had a nightmare against us, didn't he? That one Anfield game it seemed to him be at a horrid yeah. time. Like you forget though, you do this well, again. That's what happens when the sun's shining. And you forget the mistakes. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Because look at the successes that he's delivered, and that's mm. that's forever the difference. It's not even. It's never even about the spending the big money. And that's the most annoying thing about it now is to do them both now. They were keeping it under the radar. They never used to go and break transfer records because they don't want that kind of eyes on them. And now they don't give a fuck. They'll go and buy all the biggest stars. They'll go. They're gonna. They're gonna continue to do that now. Because why not? Because actually, what Man City need now, they've got all the trophies. They need fans. So actually, they need to go and buy marquee footballers because marquee footballers bring, bring their own yeah, audience the with them. That's what. They, and, that, and look, that's why they were interested. They wanted Ronaldo a few years ago because Manchester United needed Ronaldo because they needed a player. Man City needed Ronaldo because they needed millions more people to come mm. and watch Manchester City. They wouldn't have even needed to play him. They wouldn't have been asked for all of that. That's why they tried for Messi as well and all yeah. those kind of things. The other thing about City is is that like they can afford to get things wrong because players who they buy don't go down in value. Mm. They yeah. just don't. Chelsea had that as well. Yeah. Like, the, the, mm. you spend big and somehow just being Four around years later. <laughs> means that, yeah, 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 you yeah. get to buzz. Yeah, that's something that we... Liverpool have been very smart in how they've moved stuff on. But actually, we, we're very good, I think, at moving on younger players yeah. and getting good value for them. I, we haven't got lots of recent. Well, okay, Philippe Coutinho is probably the greatest uh, counterpoint I'm about to make, but we don't really move them on. Yeah, we That's don't. The problem. Yeah, yeah, we buy the good free. Yeah, Gino Manald and Bobby Firmino yeah. recently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell you, man, he was towards the end. The other thing is like, I remember when Sterling went to Chelsea, and I was like, "What are you doing? What like?" What are you doing? He's been pivotal for years. He's fell off a cliff. He's been awful, and they got good money for him. And whilst all of the other people were like, oh, you know, finally they've got rid of someone who's unbelievable. 
it was like he already knew yeah. I've got the best Ferguson out of him had now. That he's in his pump as well. He, did, he knew yeah. when to sell a player just yeah. as he were cresting the hill. Yeah. Like, you know what we need? And he wasn't even worried that he'd, he'd gone to a potential rival because the season before that, everyone was like, Chelsea's going to challenge City. It's not going to be yeah, Liverpool and I don't know where we were there. Yeah. And like, they just they let him go to a direct rival. But they've, there's also a thing, it's a mentality thing. Actually, you're leaving Pep, who's this super intense individual, yeah. and they don't. A lot of them don't really like a lot of the stuff because it is so intense. But actually, when you're on the outs, what does that say? Mm. That says you're not good enough for me anymore. Yeah. And so, and this is the Arsenal thing. Arsenal were trying to compete against Man City, and their two best players were Man City rejects mm. in Gabriel Jesus and yeah. Zinchenko. The the linchpin of how they tactically set up was was Zinchenko playing on, on that inverted fullback thing, and he's just basically. Being, Pep's gone, no, you know, all right, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll have it with you, mate. But when you're a manager, that's exactly the same. Yeah. But the worst, you do, you go and you do just, a worst. You're just not as good as well. Just do the worst, yeah. come and do the worst version of it, yeah, and that, that, that the psychology that follows you out the door, Pep's happy to let them go, because really, he's sending them with a message, he's sending them with a fucking, like, a tag, yeah. so not good enough, defective mm. stamp on the forehead, out you go, not good enough to, 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 to keep up with what I'm doing anymore. Right, thanks very much to Paul and the team for that one interesting conversation had by all. Next up then, expert insights, or even transfer insights, um, call it whatever you want, let's go with transfer insights. Sasha Tovaleri, it was reported of course that Liverpool's interest in Romeo Lavia of Southampton was legitimate according to Fabrizio Romano. A few months ago, a few weeks ago, we spoke to Sasha about this and he he reported that at the time uh, we went back for more went back for another episode with Sasha and again he doubled down on that he did say Liverpool's interest is genuine he's a Belgian football journalist for those who don't know who Sasha is here's what he had to say to Dan on this week's Transfer Insight Hello everybody and welcome okay. to the Redmen TV my name is Dan Club. I will be your host for this episode of Transfer Insight and I'm delighted to say I'm joined again couple of months after we spoke last by the brilliant Belgian football journalist, Sasha Tavlieri. Sasha, how are you doing, mate? You good? Hi. Yes, I'm really good. I'm really happy to be with you again. Yeah, good man. Pleasure to have you on again, of course. Really enjoyed our conversation last time. So let's do it all again. And we're here to speak about the same footballer, um, a compatriot of yours, um, of course, current Southampton midfielder, Romeo Lavia. Now, Last time we spoke, we spoke about Liverpool's interest in him. I think you said the interest was concrete. And just yesterday, um, I think it's fair to say it ramped up a little bit. Obviously, we had Fabrizio Romano talking about it. You yourself talking about it as well. So, as things stand, Sasha, you tweeted yesterday that there's going to be a huge fight for Romeo Lavia. You mentioned Liverpool's working relationship with Southampton could help us do the deal. You said Chelsea have wanted him for a long time, something you mentioned yes. last time we spoke, actually. And Arsenal have also sort of got a good relationship with the agent that could help them. So what is the current situation as things stand? Uh, for the moment, what I can say, and it's the news, um, we can say that Liverpool is going ahead with the, the profile. Um, that uh, they are really, uh, they are still interested. They kept contact with the entourage of the player, and they announced their intention to make an offer this summer. So mm -hmm. this is something quite, uh, quite concrete and huge. Um, uh, of course, as I told in my uh, tweet yesterday, there are contacts with Southampton that can really help on the deal. But the fact is that the um, the, concur the concurrency for the moment with the Arsenal is really huge. Because I don't know if you know it, but um, there is a close relationship between the the player, uh, the agent's player, and uh, Arsenal that is going through 
um, for years and is even more deeper since the renewal of um, of uh, our friend um, Bukayosaka. Uh, so from Arsenal. So this is a problem because um, it we we are expecting that when the player decides to go somewhere for first. That is where he will sign, and for mm -hmm. the moment we are not, we are not absolutely not talking about this. He didn't say that he wants to play for Arsenal. This is important to signalize, but um, it's becoming a fight between two these two clubs because I guess Chelsea were there, they were in advantageous uh, position. It was really important for them to be there, and they loved the player for the longest time. The player also talk to his entourage to the fact he wants to play and he should it could play uh, for uh, Chelsea and so on but fact is that Chelsea is going to go a bit uh, everywhere and they are and, and and they are losing time for this uh, for this case and the fact is that uh, i guess Romeo Lavia won't wait a lot of time because he wants to make his preparation mm -hmm. he wants to be ready really quick uh, in sort of again um, be being able to uh, to make things in his new team, and um, his new team won't be definitely Southampton. So he has to choose, and he has to get the choice. Uh, there are something that is playing a bit. I, I will not say against, but um, that is playing for Arsenal is the fact that they play Champions League football. Mm -hmm. This is really important for him. And um, there is something that also I think will play uh, for Liverpool is that they have nothing more to 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 sell as a player to go directly uh, getting a deal with Southampton, and this is important because Chelsea needs to to sell. Um, they they like the player, but they have a sort of scheduling on the yeah. transfer window that will make them a bit uh, going lower on. On, on being concrete on the on on the fact they kept information about Southampton to know how to make the deal. It's the same for Liverpool, mm -hmm. but uh, but Liverpool can be really quick because they don't have a lot of things to do. They made the big work for the midfield earlier, so they are ready to make an offer. So mm -hmm. um, in terms of time, I mean, so yeah. this, this is really important. And the uh, fact is that they were a bit disappointing, but the Barella case. Because they they were thinking that it was possible for them to bring him, and he said no. So it was a bit disappointing for them. So they say, okay, let's make a, a young a young a young star of Premier League on the team and trying if it, if it's possible to 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 reach a deal. So that's mm -hmm. the situation right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you interested? You mentioned Barella there. I actually got a message yesterday from. An Italian journalist who said that Barella had essentially chosen to stay at Inter Milan, which is which is no huge surprise. You know, I think he loves Inter Milan. He's an Inter Milan fan. I'm not I'm not shocked by that decision. Let's put it that way. And um, you mentioned there, yeah, Liverpool could be ready to make an offer at some point because, as you say, we haven't got loads to do. The main focus is the midfield. Have there been any offers yet for Lavia as things stand from Liverpool, Arsenal, or even Chelsea? Has anyone made a bid yet? They say they will make an offer, but they didn't make it factually. So okay. formal offer hasn't been done for, for the moment, mm -hmm. but uh, everyone is confident that uh, it will be the case. Um, if it's not this week, it will be next week. Uh, this is uh, something really concrete. And uh, as I told you, the uh, fact is that the relationship between Arsenal, uh, between Liverpool and Southampton will make the things a bit more smooth. Mm -hmm. uh for 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 a conversation so 
uh, talks have, have already been done, but a formal offer, I cannot confirm it. No. Okay, fair enough. You mentioned a moment ago it, it could be a race between Arsenal and Liverpool potentially. Now, with Arsenal, they look like they're going for quite a few different midfield options. Obviously, we know about Declan Rice. Moises Caicedo is still in there. And it feels like they could be waiting for something to happen with Thomas Party as well in terms of outgoings. Do you think that could impact them pursuing Romeo Lavia? And also... Do you think it could impact Lavia's decision? Because you said a moment ago, like Champions League could play a part in this. But he's someone so exciting, so talented. And he's played so much football for Southampton already in the Premier League. He's going to want first team football, isn't he? You would imagine. Yes, of course. This is important because uh, he gets also a directly uh, a direct entry with um, with Klopp. And Klopp is the one who can really convince that kind of player. You know, he can speak to them. He can get he, this human part uh, that can touch Lavia, knowing a bit who how how Lavia is as a as a person, his behavior, mm. also the intelligence of all his family. You know, Lavia is not someone who is coming from the hood or something like this. His family is all people from the high society. So they are really intelligent. They know how to make the things and something mm -hmm. like this. So um, it's it's not uh, just with money that you will get Romeo Lavia. Okay. And this is important for Liverpool mm -hmm. because if you think about money, it's sure that I think the MK Obasi, the agent of uh, of Lavia, will bring a big offer from Arsenal in terms of pers personal terms. I was telling, and it's true, that they were close by talking about uh, personal terms with Arsenal, and this is true. But Liverpool is there, you know, and he's saying, okay, we really want you. We think you are really interesting in our project. Mm -hmm. And the, the the profile has been validated but uh, by uh, uh, Jurgen Klopp and they also know that this this profile is this is in terms of club will be less less expensive than maybe Manukone or Kefren Turam and I don't think that Kefren Turam has uh, of as a priority Liverpool so this will play you know uh, 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 something really important and the fact that uh, Romeo Lavia has played so so much minutes in the Premier League will will play uh, to get him uh, a, a sort of step forward mm -hmm. uh, by uh, Manukone because Manukone is not yet a, um, a, a player, international player. So uh, he plays for the youngster of uh, France uh, under 21. Yeah. But Lavia is yet uh, already uh, an international A, you know, with Belgium. So this plays also for him. And the fact that he plays at Southampton and in Premier League, uh, in terms of vision for the scouts of, of Liverpool, mm -hmm. it's an advantage too. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Thanks to Dan, and once again, thanks to Sasha and his excellent reporting. He was spot on, it seems, yet again. Speaking of transfer reporting, David Ornstein of The Athletic reports that Liverpool were interested in signing RB Leipzig's Dominic Soboslai. When that news broke, we do what we always do over on Redmen Plus. We leapt to action and recorded a Redmen React. Chloe Bloxham was the host. I had the pleasure of being the guest on that show, and here's what we had to say on that one the goals and assists is key the, the versatility he can play everywhere yeah, he can play both wings right. he can play central my guess is we're signing him as a, to go into number 8 yep. one of those 8 roles but we've all been saying for a long time well what you do if Mohamed Salah doesn't play exactly. like, he can go he played the, the majority of last season at right wing the year before he was playing a lot at left wing so he, he's got a lot a lot to him um, so it, it does If I can understand the link the link makes sense and it's one I, I imagine again we were, we were very quick in putting this show together, but looking at the buzz online and stuff like that, I felt like there was a lot of people you know, in the, in the camp of, yeah, that he's a really good buy. Um, and I would tend to agree with that. I think it would be a very good sign if Liverpool can get it. Yeah. it. It won't be easy. Newcastle are apparently sniffing around and all that kind of stuff. But for me, again, I go back to it, he ticks a lot of the right boxes. Uh, pretty much all the boxes that you want, in fact. For, for, for what you expect from a Liverpool signing, I think he ticks pretty much all of them. Yeah, and this isn't just one season. This isn't on the back of one season. He did it the season before. Obviously, he mentioned, you know, last season he got 10 goals and 13 assists. In 21-22, he played 45 games, got 10 goals and registered nine assists. I mean, it's two games ever since he joined there. He joined in only 2021. And since he's been there, he's been a main man. And I know it's the Bundesliga, but the Bundesliga have really good quality. Um, and he's been in the Champions League, like I mentioned earlier. Let's move on to more pros, and you hinted at it there. A massive pro um, is his extreme versatility as a footballer. And if we weren't just looking and identifying the age of him being really what Liverpool are after, there is something that Klopp's after more than anything, and that's a player who can do a job in three or four positions. Um, looking at it last last season, he played as a right winger 24 times. He also played as a right mid eight times, seven games as a left winger, three as an attacker mid, and three as a central centre mid as well. Um so it's it's very clear that he's got loads of versatility, and since he actually, you know, across his all season, sorry, he's played fifty nine times as a central midfielder and thirty seven as a attacking midfielder. He's even played centre forward once. It it's brilliant to see, and it goes back to that box system that we're playing. Yeah, he's more attacking, but he's done the centre mid role before. If we really needed, you know, to drop Salah for a game, give him a rest, we talk about the fact that the Afcon's coming up, we won't have him. If we can make shift him into this right winger and he can still be brilliant for us, there's so many positives with this deal, isn't there? Yeah, and I think the Afcon's a really good point, actually. We are looking at the squad going into this this season. I know January's a long way off, but you're looking at it going, if Salah's, if Egypt gets to the final and Salah's away for a month and a bit, who's our right winger, and you're looking at the options now. Elliot might go there, Luis Diaz can go over there, Diogo Jota's gone there as well. I don't think any of those would be ideal. I think there's pros and cons. I think you put Slobber Slay in there, and wherever he's been playing, you go, listen, you're going to do a month and a half, mate, at right winger. And he'd be like, well, sound, I've just played like 24 or 25 games there last season, no problem. I also think, you know, it's a path well trodden. Salzburg to Leipzig, the Leipzig yeah. to Liverpool. Like, he'll, he'll be schooled in the, in the way, you know, 
in the way of Liverpool play, and he'll, he'll be able to do the, the high tempo, the press, and stuff like that. That's one thing I think, you know, we've signed players from that club before, and one of the reasons Liverpool do it is because they know they, they're used to it. It's not the same, obviously, because everyone's got their slight differences, but there's a general acceptance that the styles are pretty similar. Yeah. What's expected of certain Leipzig players is also expected of, of Liverpool players, and you know, Ibu Kanate comes from there, obviously Navi Keita. We've we've been there, we've been we've done that. They tried to get Timo Werner, similar similar things. So they obviously like the Leipzig schooling as well, and rightly so. It it looks like yeah. a, a very good place for, for players to come through and develop that Red Bull system. So yeah, you, you, it, it, again, it it just makes a lot of sense. The money is the money. I don't know where we're at with the money thing. Like I say, the sixty million yeah. pound feels seems a lot. It, it does, but then it also you know makes amounts going for similar. Yeah, um, and he's younger. He's a bit younger. The contract situation isn't, isn't yeah. as bad as Mason Mount. Now, obviously, you pay the English tax on Mason Mount. I don't understand that. But like, he's also chose Manchester United. Liverpool yeah. were in for him, and he, he's just decided to choose Manchester United over Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp won't want that mentality. We now no longer want you. If you chose someone else over us, you can go there. Uh, we won't come back in for you. But another interesting factor, and I'll ask you where you would play him, and later on I'll ask you if we did sign him, what your midfield would look like, obviously with Alexis McAllister also in there. Um, the positive is at central midfield is actually where he's been the most creative. In 59 games as a centre-mid, he scored 15 goals and registered 24 assists. How many years have we we sat here when we've been going for the titles and we've said we rely so much on our front three and without Sadio Mane and Roberto Firmino along with Mo Salah and you know that front three that was literally killer to anyone they were so ruthless without that we need to make sure that the goals that we've now lost we can pick up elsewhere and him getting that many goals and that many assists as that centre mid if he can play that box for us it's just it it looks like he is the player for us, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you, you're right. What I would say is that, like, we I know you agree this or what might be preaching to the choir, but, but I think we've all got our doubts whether Luis Diaz is going to get the volume yeah. of goals that, that Liverpool lost from Sadio Mane. Salah will score, so don't worry about Salah. <laughs> Gakpo, is he an upgrade on Firmino? And maybe just, I don't know, time will tell. Yeah. But you're right. It, you, want to take the, you want to take the burden off some of those players. Liverpool, you know, Mohamed, Mohamed Salah, Scored bags for last season and Liverpool was still rubbish. Yeah. You could do with another couple of players getting in there on, on there as well. So, you that's the main positive from Slobber's life for me is that the fact that he looks like he gets into those areas. I think that if we are going to stick and again, presuming we're going to stick with the with the five attackers effectively, the two behind the three, they're, they're going to be closer to goal. You got you want someone there who's comfortable with that. That's why I've heard a lot of people say get Trent up there and do, and I was like no, uh, even if Trent's going in the field, I still want him deeper. Yeah. I don't want him with. I want him. He's not really a natural in those areas. So, for me, I but Slobbers looks like he, he knows he's he's in and around the box. He knows what it likes to score goals. He knows what it likes to assist goals. So, again, that's a huge, huge positive. The in terms of where I think he'd play, that that's the beauty. Really, is that who knows? Like my my guess is, it, 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 I don't know what the plans are, but you could, you could see a world where it's a DM for now, yeah. say Fabinho with McAllister left eight. Slobber's like right eight. And then you've got Harvey Elliott, you've got Curtis Jones, you've got Thiago, you've got Jordan Henderson, yep. you've got Stefan Bajcetic. You might get one more, maybe one more like a DM rather, a Lavia or whoever else it is. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Because effectively what Slobber's like could become, Chloe, is like, he's what Oxley Chamberlain was. He was a midfielder who can play wide and it's up to you where you pick him. But hit the return, touch wood. The returns you get from having Slobberslie over Oxlade-Chamberlain is is obvious. You know, yeah. Oxlade-Chamberlain did never really 
was never going to double-digit goals, double-digit assists. I, I, I take into account that he's done it in Germany, and it might be different coming to England. I do, but in general, a goal scorer is a goal scorer. I think that does translate as a, a familiarity with being in and around the box and putting the ball in the back of the net. So I think there will be certain games where, you know, Liverpool, if you're expected to go and you're expected to win and you, or you want to, you know, break down a team who might be coming to, to sit deep and defend, well, then you, you do go all guns out and you put you put McAllister and Slobberslie behind yep. Salah, Gakpo, Jota, or Dia, whoever it is, pick whatever, Nunes, whoever, and you go, right, there's there's five lads there who look like they can get the ball in the back of the net. That's a far cry from our times last season when it was, you know, it was Harvey Elliott, Jordan Henderson, James Milner, for being, they, they never score. They never score goals. They, they yep. just don't, none of them do, really. Elliott should and maybe hopefully will, but... The others don't really do it. Even Thiago doesn't score many. He scores screamers, but he doesn't score consistent goals. So all of a sudden, there's more lads on the pitch who look a goal threat. It's what City have been brilliant at. You know, behind whoever plays up front for them, whoever plays wide, Gundogan and De Bruyne can score in any game. Any game whatsoever. They're playing in those effective, the two in front of Rodri, and they're always a goal threat. That has not been the case with Liverpool. Jordan Henderson, Thiago, Elliot, Milner, Curtis, maybe we'll see at the end of the season yet, but in general, his record for Liverpool goal scoring wise isn't great. Therefore, there's, there's, there's a clear night and day between those. I mean, there's a lot of differences between those two sides, but that is one definite one. Is like, yeah, if, well, if, if most Salah has a bad day, I fancy us. Yeah, well, yeah. Most, you know, the more lads you can get on the pitch, you, you, you negate that risk is a huge positive. Yeah, you mentioned Harvey Elliott there. Let's look at uh, some statistics then. Uh, for progressive carries, uh, Slobberslie obviously has played a lot more games, a lot more minutes. He's played 4,182 minutes compared to Harvey Elliott's 2,469. But his progress progressive carries, sorry, is 93.9% uh, in comparison to Harvey Elliott's 87.4. His forward passing, um, actually, his forward passes is only 33.6, where Harvey Elliott is actually 70.2. Um, is Forward pass accuracy, however, is a little bit better. Um, we've got key passes, though, and is is a massive jump. Uh, Slobberslie is on 97.8 compared to Harvey Elliott's 83.6. And we've spoke about Harvey Elliott and us not knowing where exactly he fits into this system. Um, he's By the stats, I mean, he's 20, and, and these stats aren't that far off a lad who we're all sat here saying is 60 mil. So it's actually looking really good for Harvey Elliott as well. But the key passes is extremely important. The 97.8%. I mean, that unlocks teams. And I think when we signed Thiago, a lot of people thought he would be the pre-assist, the kind of player who can unlock the door for that player to then pass and get the assist. Um, and having another person like that in our team, but also a person who defensively, um, his defensive actions is just slightly better than Harvey Elliott. Um, that is another plus. It's someone who can unlock a door and we know how much teams love to sit behind and sit deep between uh, against Liverpool, especially at Anfield. To have someone who just makes that many key passes, it's going to give us more options on the football pitch, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, the... The, the listen, I think we were all enthused by Harvey Elliott, but he hasn't. We haven't quite figured out what he is yet. Yep. I'm, you know, whether Jürgen knows whatever he's, he's been played in a few different roles. You are right. It's like Liverpool are lacking a little bit of that. We, you know, we've always said for a while now, you know, Liverpool's creativity comes from the full-backs. Well, if we're not going to play full-backs anymore, then someone else has got to do that. You know what I mean? And that, it worked. Robertson and Alexander Arnold. People say, oh, Liverpool need more creativity in the field. It was like, well. Both of these lads are getting double-digit assists all the time. Yeah. The way we play is either the full-backs assist or the strikers assist each other. Now, we haven't got those full-backs anymore. 
Um, so, 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 yeah. so, so, yeah, but they don't, the Trent Alexander-Arnold is effectively going into midfield. Andy Robertson's playing as almost a de facto left centre-half. Yep. Or someone else is going to have to take the strain of that, take the you know, take the pressure off that. So, again, it's another reason why. I was, I don't know if worry is the right way, but like trying to piece together Liverpool's thinking in the transfer market can often be very, very difficult. But there are certain things that when they appear, it just makes sense. And this just makes sense for a whole lot of reasons. It, it suggests... They might fancy sticking with the box midfield yep. more than a four-three-three, where you're thinking maybe he's not, he isn't as, he isn't um, exactly the ideal person to do that role. But this one added on to McAllister, added on to the links linking Liverpool with the Taram or Alavia. Um, you can see the dots connecting there, and yep. and all of a sudden, what looked like a little bit like you know, a couple of days ago when heads were falling off, it looked like a Liverpool haven't got a clue what they're doing. It might it might have. They might not get this deal done. They might, they, but it looks like you know. When David Ornstein reports it, Paul, um, Paul Gorse reports in the Echo that there's apparently been a meeting with his representatives. Like, this feels legit. It feels like yeah. there's definitely something in it. And like I say, it makes a lot of sense. And it, puts, it, should, it should be putting a lot of smiles on face. I think it would be a, a, a transfer signing that would excite a lot of people. Thanks to Chloe for being a wonderful host. And hopefully you enjoyed my answers as well. Apologies if it was a little bit too much of my voice, but you're going to get more of it shortly. So as that as well. Um, again, we mentioned before, didn't we, Transfer Insights? As soon as anything breaks, we go straight and get as much information from the people who know everything about players or deals or that kind of stuff. Dan Club jumps straight on the phone to Liverpool.com writer Ben Boksak. Now, Ben's Hungarian, of course, as well, knows his Hungarian football very, very well. He's got Hungarian root drive. And he is a he was let's just let's put it this way. He's a big fan of Dom Sobosly and he thinks Liverpool should sign him. And I'll let him explain in this clip why he thinks just that. I wanted to ask you as well, you've alluded to some of his strengths throughout our conversation, obviously. And I wanted to really nail nail down what are his key characteristics, what are his strongest attributes. But also I wanted to get any weaknesses from you as well, because by the sound of it, he doesn't have loads. But if there were areas of his game that can be developed further, stuff that Jurgen Klopp might pinpoint and say, oh, we can improve that. What would you say they were as well as his strengths, please? It's difficult to, to find a weakness because he's been in such good form at the moment. But I think the only thing I would say is um, sometimes I would like to see him uh, make more sort of shots. And, and, and I know he's he's got a lot of goals already, but yeah. he gets sometimes he gets in a positions where he can, you can, you're confident he can take the shot on, but he doesn't necessarily take it on, but instead passes to a teammate. So I think as a midfielder, I would like to see him in the box a little bit more to to, to get on the end of chances mm-hmm. uh, from open play. Um, and I think that's about it. I think defensively, he's, he's improved on his game a lot. That was certainly something that I think he physically needed to improve a bit more when he, when he went to the Bundesliga. Because I remember he played against Liverpool at Anfield and back then he physically wasn't quite there to the standards. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's grown a lot yeah. since then. He's matured. He was he was only a teenager when he was playing it in, in that game. He's matured and grown a lot since then. And I think physically he's definitely there now. He's capable of, of standing his ground in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the Premier League. Um, in terms of his strength, like you mentioned, I've listed them already. But I think... What like I said, his his work rate is underrated. That's something that stands out for me. He's someone who works a lot in the team. Um, obviously, he's got an incredible uh, technique in, in terms of his shooting, but his passing and and creativity as well. 
he, he ranks quite highly. I think he's among the best in, in, in terms of creating chances in the Bundesliga as well. Um, I, I kind of compared him to the Bruyne before, and I think CIES, who do loads of statistics mm-hmm. around that, um, they, a couple of years ago, said he was most similar to Kevin De Bruyne as well. Uh, so I think in, in that sense, I, I, I think he can be Liverpool's own De Bruyne if, if he joins. Um, that's the player I think he, he's closest to in sort of similarity. Um, and uh, another thing is, is just his sort of overall speed. Uh, people don't tend to see as much uh, but he can he is someone who can run fast and and i think that's going to be a strength if he if he joins liverpool as well yeah well that yeah well absolutely yeah. and if you're anything like kevin the billionaire would be doing okay um, i was going to ask you actually in a minute um who would you compare him to i know you've already used the gerald comparison but kevin the billionaire would do is interesting before we spoke i went on fbf which i always use for player comparisons and they've got statistically in their top 10 were names such as Bruno Fernandes, Fede Valverde and Michael Elise, three names we're all familiar with for various reasons. Do you see why those comparisons will be made as well? Yeah, I, I can see that. I think just they're both, they're all offensive midfielders who, you know, uh, contribute a lot um, in terms of going forward, but also track back and, and mm. put their work rate in defensively. So yeah, I can see that. But yeah, yeah for me, I see more of a, a De Bruyne in, in, in him than necessarily Fernandez. But, you know, uh, FBRF has their own data points, so I'm sure they'll know their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to ask you as well, slightly left field question, I suppose, in many senses. Um, I wanted to know what What's he like? So, who is he like in terms of the players we've already been linked to? Because obviously, we've seen links to like to Turan, Manukone, Gravenberch, Gabri Vega. It feels to me, and you've already said he's going to fit that right-sided attacking eight role. So, is this is this instead of Gabri Vega? Would you say is he better than Gabri Vega? He's certainly further ahead in terms of his development. And I suppose out of the names we've been linked with, would this be the one you were most excited about as well? It's a tough question because like, I can't be biased. I have to be biased on this. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I'm going to be more most excited about this this name being linked. Uh, I think, you know, I, I like Manukone and Taram as well. I think they'd be great fits. I, I did a piece on Liverpool.com talking to their academy yeah. uh, player, who academy manager, sorry, who worked with both of them at ACBB when they were there together. Yeah. Um, so obviously. I'd like I like either of those two, but I think for me the big issue with Liverpool going for both Kone and Turam and then also having McAllister is if you look at where all of those players play is on the mm. left sided midfield role, yeah. And we've only really been linked with Gabri Vega in, in that right sided midfield role, so I can only compare him to Vega. Uh, because that's the only comparison you can yeah. sort of make because we haven't so far targeted any other right-sided midfielders. And I think personally, I've been against this policy because I think we need a right-sided midfielder as well. Uh, and obviously I can't complain with the player we're supposedly having talks with now, um, you know, because um, uh, I think he, he would fit that role perfectly. And yeah, I think it, that's... That's that's he would fill a very a position that we very much need uh, sort of strengthening in. 
And I think, um, you know, we kind of looked at Mason Mount as well, who could mm. potentially might have played in that role. Uh, I think, although he prefers to play on the left side as well, but uh, it, it's that side, of, that, that type of player, the more attacking midfielder rather than a, an all-round box-to-box midfielder or a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We've spoken a lot about his development and, and how impressive he's been, uh, even in the Bundesliga, which in his own right is obviously a very high-class league. He's in the top five in the world, essentially. I wanted to ask you whether you think he's ready for a move such as this. Is he Premier League ready right now? You've spoken about how he's developed physically and he's more robust now. He's more capable of sort of standing up to the physicality of football matches. Do you think if this move was to happen this summer, he would walk into the Premier League quite comfortably? Yeah, I think personally as well, he's been speaking about this, you know, where he feels like he's open to a new challenge and he's he's kind of ready for a new challenge. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly he's proven this season that he can be one of the best players in the Bundesliga already. Um, so I think he's ready for it. Uh, he himself feels like he's open to a new challenge. That's why his agent is having meetings with the likes of Liverpool and the likes of Newcastle. I think obviously the Premier League is appealing to, to him because it's the best league in the world. And, uh, you know, although he's spoken about previously looking up to Cristiano Ronaldo, so maybe like to play for Real Madrid in the future, but it's really difficult to to go to Real Madrid or mm. Barcelona. Um, so I think the, the net next natural step is to go to the Premier League and um, it, it, it makes sense to, to go to a club like Liverpool or a club like Newcastle. And, and you know, I think the key thing is... is He's looking to to make a long term move at the moment. He's not just looking to you know sign for a club for a couple of years. He is really that's why he's taking his time and he's being really careful with his decision because he wants to make a, a long term. He sees his next move as one that is going to be where he's going to be in for a while, not just mm-hmm. you know in terms of on the pitch but off the pitch as well. So that yeah. that will be his decision making too in terms of where he would like to live and, and you know I think all of those factors come into play I mean obviously the finances too but you know we'll see how, how Liverpool can can live up to that and it certainly seems pos- positive that Liverpool are holding talks with his agent and uh, yeah we, we just have to see what happens yeah, fingers crossed this one can happen um, it's one we should all be very excited about I think um, just a couple more Ben before I let you go I wanted to ask you, normally I ask you whether, or ask people whether a player would improve Liverpool and if they're sort of ready to fit into a Jurgen Klopp system, et cetera, et cetera. But we know he's ready for this system and we know he'd improve the Liverpool that we've just seen. So I wanted to ask you whether he would improve the Premier League winning Liverpool side. Like, is he that good? Like, if we were to sign him at our peak, is he still a player whereby he'd come into our squad and we'd all be very excited about it. Because it's easy to get excited about a player now, given the season we've just had. But is he of a level whereby he would improve us at our very best? That's a tough question. I mean, who did we have in midfield? We, we had Henderson, who was really good, I think, that Henderson, season. Henderson, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, yeah. really, wasn't it? Wijnaldum, yeah, yeah. But I, I still think that midfield wasn't that good, you know? Like, it was workmanlike. Yeah, yeah we, we, we had... a players who could come in and off the bench as well. I mean, the likes of Lallana. But I think, yeah, I mean, 
obviously not the Sobosay who was playing then. No, no, yeah, now. For yeah, Salzburg. Yeah. But but now, for sure, I think he could come in. I Maybe if he came in then, he wouldn't be a starter, for, for sure. He, he'd have to work for it and prove himself first. But, you know, having him come off the bench, I think that's what I really liked about him as well at Leipzig when he wasn't playing on, he wasn't necessarily starting under Tedesco. He was coming off the bench, getting goals, getting assists, you know, making an impact. Uh, and I think in that sense, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he would come into that side, he, he could still get goals, he could still get assists and, and elevate Liverpool to, to maybe beating Atletico Madrid in, in the Champions League. Don't play goal, can he, as well? And that was the last clip. So, yeah, if you enjoyed the show, like I say, please consider going over to redmenplus.com. You can get them all in video or in podcast form. You can get them downloaded into your native apps as well. So it's all there for you in a nice little package. You can get them wherever you want them on the go, these shows in audio form. Like I say, if you head over there now and sign up as well, you'll be able to watch all three episodes of Bobby Firmino, the best in the world, featuring the likes of Jordan Henderson, Jamie Carragher, Ian Rush, Adam Lallana, Peter Moore, Ian Eyre, and loads, loads more guests from Hoffenheim, guests from Brazil. It's been an absolute belter of a series. So if you do want to go over there and check it out, then please do. Right then, I'm going to stop talking because you've heard plenty of my voice today. Do check back next week for another episode of the Redmen Weekly Podcast. We'll see you all then.